Thank you for listening to the Equip Podcast hosted at Rocky Creek in Greenville, South Carolina. This weekly course seeks to equip our church to do lifestyle ministry. We pray it will help you as well. Um, so I know this is torture. Today we talked about fasting. You're smelling really good food, and now I'm going to talk to you about more spiritual discipline. So this is all an exercise in denying yourself. Hope it's working really well, okay? Uh, so what we're going to do, though, uh, on Sunday nights, we're, we're taking kind of the Sermon of the Day and unpacking a little bit more of applying the Sermon on the Mount. So obviously this morning, talking about fasting. We're not going to talk just about fasting today. We're going to talk about selecting your next spiritual discipline. And so once again, spiritual disciplines are those activities that we do to grow our faith throughout the years. And these are as if you are going to the gym and working out those muscles. So I can't remember which service I mentioned it in, but if there's 650 muscles every single person has, right? You might be sitting next to someone who looks more muscular than you, but they have the same amount of muscles you have, just they've worked them out more than others, right? So every single one of us, we have a different amount of the way that we work these things out. So God gives us, when you come to faith in Christ, Gives us all the same amount of spiritual muscles, but some people just, I think, have gone to the spiritual gym a little bit more than others. Make sense? So um, when I was in college, I, I went and uh, was part of this mission training organization the year after my freshman year. We were in Denver, Colorado, and I was getting somebody to come and really uh, train me and teach me uh, in, in the ways of the Lord and getting ready for this mission trip. And I'll never forget what took place, but... Um, we were having a Bible study, and this guy who was just this incredible man of God said, hey, we're going to have a Bible study tonight at the hotel after all of our other stuff going on, uh, and then um, I want you guys to come. Well, I got on the elevator with him, and I noticed something about the guy who was leading the Bible study. Guess what he didn't have? A Bible. I thought, this brother might need that. So I'm like, hey, uh, did you forget your Bible? He says, no, I'm good. I'm good. Here, young, take this for me real quick. Um, he said, I, he said, I, I'm good. And uh, I said, well, I thought you were leading a Bible study. He said, I'll be fine. I'll be fine? Like, how do you lead a Bible study without a, a Bible, right? Like, how does that even work? Well, so this is what this man did. You ready for this? He sat down with about 20 of us college guys, and this was what he said. What questions do you have about the Bible? Go. I thought, what questions do we have about the Bible? What do you mean? And he says, what questions would you like to know about the Bible? He goes, you can ask me anything. So people started asking him, it's kind of simple questions, right? Just the kind of typical things you'd think you'd find. And he just, guess what he started doing? He started answering it, but he was recalling scripture from memory. All over the place. All over the place. Uh, James chapter 4, verse 6 says this. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 says this. Luke chapter 4. I'm going, so then, okay, this is just how my mind works. You're going to think I'm crazy. I just started thinking of questions to see if I could stump him, right? It wasn't even curious. I just want to know, could I stump this guy? So I started asking questions, and guess what? He had, he had a verse for almost everything. He just kept, and it kept coming in. So, like, I finally just said, like, I asked him, I said, do you have, like, some kind of genius level IQ? Like, you can just memorize stuff just so easy, photographic memory. He said, memorizing is one of the hardest things I do. It's so challenging for me, but I know how necessary it is. And, and so that, that kind of took away my, my thought about going, okay, it's just for those people who are always just super smart. This guy says, no, it's difficult for me, but yet I know that it's important. So fast forward about a month later. I'm sitting in Tokyo, Japan, uh, and we are now without this guy who did that Bible study for us. I am now the team leader that we've got, and we have come across some missionaries there in Tokyo as along with our mission crew. So you go, oh, wow, that's awesome. Y'all had you know, other missionaries? I'm going, yeah, but they were Mormon missionaries, okay? And, and so the Mormons would believe something different than what we would hold in our scriptures, and if you've ever met a Mormon missionary, they know their stuff really well. They've learned a lot. They've memorized a lot of stuff. And so our, our kind of guys, we, we kind of got a little intimidated. We're like, man, 
I don't know if we're going to be able to, like, you know, debate back and forth these guys. And so someone literally said that night, I'll never forget it. We're sitting there, and Adrian was the guy who taught us the Bible study without having a Bible, okay? And somebody said, man, I wish Adrian was here. <laughs> you know, like, if he was here, he could debate these guys. And, and someone said something that night. They said, why? Does Adrian have a different Bible than we do? Does Adrian have a different Holy Spirit than we do? Does Adrian follow a different God than we do? Well, that would be no, but you know what my reply was? Okay, he may not have a different Bible than I do, but he knows how to use it a lot better than I do, right? Same muscles, he just developed them more. And so when I'm sitting there talking with these guys that I'm wanting to share the gospel with, and they're asking me questions, I'm not prepared because I haven't been to the gym so much. And so fasting is one of those um, spiritual disciplines, but there are many other disciplines that I want us to look at tonight. you got in your hand out there, but I want to start off this thinking about what is the reason for spiritual disciplines. Why would you actually do some hard work to develop in your own faith? First off, most people don't grow in their faith simply because they don't want it bad enough. Most, of, uh, most people would say, you know what, i am kind of been stuck in this situation because if you get down to it, I just don't want it bad enough. There's nothing in my life that feels like I need to grow. You kind of feel stagnant. You kind of feel consistent uh, in the fact of like I'm not growing and I'm just fine this way. And deep down, we have to realize that I, have you ever gotten to that place before in your life where you feel like I'm just sick and tired of being stuck? You ever been there? You know, I, I should be further along than this. If I think through my life, uh, how many verses I've memorized compared to how many verses I should have memorized. How much did I pray last week compared to what I should have prayed last week? And I go, I should be further along than this. And why is that? Because sometimes I just don't want it bad enough. Spiritual disciplines are those premeditated activities that encourage spiritual growth. It's telling you that this is what you're going to do for the purpose of it. Have you ever just randomly ended up at the gym and got healthier? No. You go to the gym because you get a membership and you say, I'm going to set my alarm and I'm going to get up and do it. Why? Because either you want to look better than you look better or you want to be healthier than you are right now or you're trying to impress somebody, right? you got a reason for it. So you have to start telling yourself, so what's the reason that I would want to grow my faith? Well, because I, I want to look more like Jesus. And so that means that I've got to premeditate and go down through this. Now, um, I, I'll say this. We'll get to Bible reading in a little bit. But this is how I first started reading my Bible. You ready for this? Um, first off... I was given a devotional book, which are great, by the way, but a lot of those devotional books would look like this. Some guy would, would write on these pages, and this right here, this section of the, of the page, would be one verse of Scripture, and this whole section would be what he thought about that verse of Scripture. Right? That's, a, that's not a bad thing, but you know what it was teaching me to do? To rely on man's opinions rather than God's Word. Just read one verse, and here's all this other stuff. I, I had to start getting down to, like, am I ever going to read God's Word itself. So then I started reading God's Word, and I started, okay, Lord, I need you to speak to me today, and I, I don't know where to go. So I'm just going to open up the pages of Scripture, and I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to point to a verse of Scripture, and you speak to me now. Okay, now we don't, I have no idea what this is about to be. Um, but you still do wickedly. You shall be swept away, both you and your king. Yes, Lord, I received that word. Okay, right? I mean, you go, now, could God speak to you through that method? Yes or no? Yeah, he could. Is that typically the way that he speaks to us? No. He speaks to us by saying, I put it with an intro, a body, and a conclusion. Read it that way. There's 66 books in here, and they were written in a kind of way. So what's the best way to go to the gym? Well, you probably operate it the way that the person who put the machine together said you to do it, right? Uh, I don't know if you've ever, uh, first time I went to the gym, 
Uh, they asked, they said, hey, the first time you come, you know, one of our trainers can show you around the machines. I'm like, I don't need anybody to show me around the machines. I know what I'm doing. I didn't know what I was doing, okay? I pulled all kinds of muscles. I need to go to the chiropractor. I need to go all kinds of people. Because I'm sitting here thinking, this is easy, right? No, it's not easy. You can actually hurt yourself if you don't know how to use these things. And so, but with it, there has to be this premeditation, like, okay, I'm going to decide uh, to do these things. And they encourage spiritual growth. The diligent reps, okay, this is going to the gym, doing some reps and being diligent about it, in spiritual workouts, reveal their effectiveness when life's competitions begin. So if I think through what I'm doing, when I'm hitting reps in the spiritual weight room, right, I'm doing this, I go, it's not just so that everybody goes, wow, look how many muscles you got, or look how developed they are. It's no, it is this, I want them to be effective. I want them to actually be useful for something. So there's a difference in going to the gym to be a bodybuilder and to be one of these competitions than going to the gym to be healthy and be able to help somebody else. See the difference? One is for man's approval, one is for the benefit of others. And in the same way in spiritual disciplines, we can be just like that. So as we're working things out, you're reading the Bible, you're praying, you're doing these things, when life's competitions begin, it prepares you for it. Neglecting time for spiritual trainings reveals that we don't prioritize it. So if you find yourself away from actually spending time from praying, from reading scripture, it shows you prioritize something more. You know what I typically prioritize more than reading my Bible? Sleep, right? I, I don't know about y'all. I like to sleep. I mean, I got a good four-minute nap this afternoon. I mean, I really enjoy sleep. I, I really do. I, I, and, and when I was in college, I kept saying, all right, I want to read the Bible, I want to read the Bible, I want to read the Bible. And you know what the problem was for me? The snooze button on my alarm clock. I just keep hitting it, keep hitting it, keep hitting it. Now I'm going to be late for class, and I can never do that. I started moving my alarm clock away from my bed so I'd at least have to get up to turn it off. I had a sticker on side of that alarm clock that was a quote from a lyric by a guy by the name of Keith Green, an old worship artist. This is the line he said, Jesus rose from the dead and you can't even get out of your bed. <laughs> Every morning when I'm about to hit that snooze, I just see that line I'm like, mm, never mind. Okay, I'll get up, right? I had to train myself and I had to say I was prioritizing other things than that. For so many people, they're going to wake up and they're going to go to their phone and see what they've missed in the social media world or anything else in the news or the stock markets. All that stuff can be seen a little bit later. My ultimate thing is I know that I need to get right before the Lord before I ever see anybody else. And that's me going to that spiritual gym, so to speak. Spiritual experiences can serve as a booster to your faith, but spiritual disciplines provide the lifeblood for your longevity. And what I mean by that is, uh, if you've been walking with the Lord for some time, you know that there is an actual thing that we a lot, a lot of times will call mountaintop experiences, right? You have this moment where God really speaks to you. It's in a worship service that's very powerful. It was maybe on a trip. Maybe it was on a camp or something like this. And you go, wow, I really experienced the Lord there. Does God use those things? Absolutely he does. But a lot of times if we just become dependent upon that, they serve as a booster to your faith. They help you get there. But the disciplines are actually what allow you to continue to have the type of stamina it needs to follow God for the long haul. So if we think about what the need for spiritual disciplines are, I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. A guy by the name of Paul wrote this, and he wrote it to his son in the faith named Timothy. Okay, So Paul is writing to Timothy, younger man in the faith, wanting to make sure that he's trained in the ways of the Lord. And in this, he's going to speak about how important uh, these types of um, disciplines are in our life. I love this because... 
Paul is saying, uh, if you've never had this, a mentor, someone to disciple you, he's saying, son, I've been down this road. Let me share some stuff along the way. And so he starts off by saying it this way. Verse 6, if you put these things before the brothers, you'll be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being, what's the word? Trained. Being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for the purpose of godliness. So here's this training word coming up a couple of different times and saying, you need to go to the gym. Here's why. You need to build your muscles up and you need to protect yourself against things that could do damage to where you are as a believer in Christ. So spiritual disciplines, here's the deal. If they're training us for this, a lot of times I used to always think that spiritual disciplines had a purpose. That if I were to do them, that God would like me more. But the more that I study this passage and study the Word, I realize this. Spiritual disciplines are not meant to make you more liked by Jesus, but to make you more like Jesus. Okay? So for you to read your Bible doesn't mean that God likes you more than he did before. Okay? For you to pray doesn't mean, oh, I like you now, but I didn't like you before you prayed. That, because that's always, I, I thought in my head, uh, I, I remember hearing a speaker when I was a young man, uh, and I used to always equate it this way, that he would sort of say it like this. Well, just imagine that your father in heaven is just sitting around all day just hoping some, one of his kids will talk to him, and none of his kids are talking to him because they're watching TV too much. How do you think that makes him feel? Well, that sounded really depressing to me. I kind of pictured God as this senile old man in the nursing home, right, going, I wish somebody come talk to me today. And I thought, this is bad. Like, somebody needs to go talk to God or else stuff's going to be falling apart. So let me read the Bible. Let me pray so that God's needs can be met. Let me ask you a question. Is God needy? He's not needy. Does God need, does he, is he dependent upon us? Thankfully, he's not. So then I started thinking, so what if, crazy thought, what if reading the Bible isn't for God's sake, it's for my sake? What if praying isn't for God's sake, it's for my sake? What if fasting is not for God's sake, it's for my sake? And then it flipped everything on, on me that God's not missing out if I fail to do a quiet time, I am. God's not missing out if I, if I don't read my Bible, I'm the one missing out. And so I realize this, spiritual disciplines are not intended to make me like more my Jesus. I cannot make him like me any more than what he already likes and loves me now. But the more that I do them, the more I become like him. And that's what's so important. You go down to verse 8. It says, For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, for to this end we toil and we strive, because we've set our hope, once again, on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Um, folks, think about it for a second. We, we've talked about weight training, right? Or you're, you're running or you're working on a cardio machine or something. Plenty of stuff that people do bodily training. And do, what does Paul say? Is that of value? Yeah, that's a value. It's of some value. But training your spirit, training your, your spiritual life, is so much more important than just training your physical body. And so I have known people who were obsessive about not missing their regimen of what they eat and how often they go to the gym and how much time they run and all these kind of things. They won't miss that. And, and God would say, hey, that's a, some value. It's good. It, it's, it's not a bad thing. But I also know people who would never miss a day at the gym and yet they haven't spoken with God in months. And I would say this. I... I 
my my body needs work. I'll accept that, okay? 100%. I know you're going, no way. No, no, no. I know that my body needs work. But you know what needs work more than that? My soul. My soul needs more work than my body does. If I can get to both, I'll get to both. But can I tell you what needs more work than anything? It's my soul. That's what I have to work on, and that's what spiritual disciplines are intended to do. Our souls need more work than our bodies do. Our souls need more work than our bodies. And spiritual disciplines give us the regimen, the practice, the discipline, and the opportunity for us to grow in Christ. So it's, godliness is of value in every way. It holds promise for the present life and also for life to come. So we toil, we strive, we're setting our hope on the living God. And so we are finding ourselves continuing to grow in Christ. And so I know this with everything within me. My body needs work, my soul needs more work. And while there be people in my life that might be impressed, if I can, if, if, however I develop my body, that's one thing, but people will benefit greater if my soul is connected with Jesus. My wife, my kids, this church, benefit when I work on my soul. They do. Um, there are many things that I could spend my time doing, but I cannot think of any better way for me to serve any of those people and walk with the Lord than working on my soul. Verse 11 says it this way. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity. So he's saying, hey, look, no matter your age, don't use that as an excuse. You get involved wherever you are right now. Never use your age or experience to serve as an excuse as you seek to know the Lord. So some in this room, you might feel like you are way too young. And, and you know what? I'm not going to understand things. Don't use that as an excuse. Paul told Timothy, don't, don't, don't waste your youth. Don't, don't, don't use it as an excuse. No, no, no. And some people would also say this. Your age on the other side, you would say, I don't feel very youthful right now. I feel on the other side. And you go, what, what, what's the problem there? Some people feel like they've wasted so much time. They should have been seeking the Lord. What's the point now? So this is what I'd always volley, okay? Let's just say you decided to read the Bible this year, and you were going to have a New Year's reading plan set, New Year's resolution, right? You're going to read through the Bible in a year, and it takes three chapters a day to do so. And you were going strong all of January 1st, okay? By January 3rd, you had already tanked out, right? That's what happens. Typically what happens, we give up. Fine, I won't read again until the next New Year's resolution comes by and I get to Genesis chapter 5 again and quit again and quit again and quit again. Let me ask you a question. If you have read the Bible for 21 days and all of a sudden you stop reading the Bible and you end your streak, what's the most important thing for you to do? Just keep reading. If you, miss, all right, if you ate for 21 days and you miss a day, what are you going to do? Well, I missed a day of food. I guess I won't eat tomorrow. Is that what you would do? you would find a refrigerator or a pantry or some type of snack machine and say, if I didn't eat then, I don't care what I did in the past. Right now, I'm hungry, right? And I'm going to feed myself. Why? Even though I missed it, even though I missed it, even though I haven't been there, I'm going to say, no, no, this is the most important thing to do right now. So let's just say you have not sought the Lord for 60 years of your life. Start now. Go to the pantry. Get the work in. Do what you can with the time. So don't use your age. Don't use experience. He says, look, even though you're young, Timothy, you can set an example for all the other believers. You can set an example in your speech, in your conduct, in your love, 
in your faith and in your purity. Verse 13 says it this way, Until I come, devote yourself to public teaching, public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice your things. I love the way this translation says it. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. See your progress. Now, folks, we live in a time that says, take this pill. Do this kind of thing here. This will happen and all of a sudden immediate results, right? And this, Paul is saying, don't look for immediate results. Look for progress. As it comes to spiritual disciplines, we know that practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes what? Progress. So, so you read your Bible for four days in a row. Does that make you perfect? Nope, but it sure does make progress. And the discipleship is in this for the long haul. You say a long-term commitment to this. I'm finding myself over and over and over. I'm going to find myself making progress. So you're devoting yourself to public teaching of Scripture. That's why we're here tonight. We're, we're doing this. We're studying God's Word together. To exhortation, someone teaching you, not neglecting what God has gifted you with and immersing yourself in the midst of it. And guess what? You find yourself making progress through this. Let me give you an example of how this works, okay? Um, so my daughter, Gloria, is eight years old. Um, she had her gospel group leader uh, encourage her a few weeks ago to read 1 Peter chapter 1 before she came back next week. So you know what? She just said, Daddy, they want me to read 1 Peter chapter 1 all by myself. I said, that's great. I said, you know where to find it. I said, get after it, right? So she went upstairs. She got her Bible out. And a few minutes later, she came downstairs. She's like, Daddy, Daddy, I just read 1 Peter chapter 1 all by myself. I said, well, how was that? She goes, it was mind-blowing how good Jesus is. I said, all right, girl, we're doing good here. She said, no, seriously. She goes, that was mind-blowing. That was so incredible. She said, I mean, just the stuff you were saying about Jesus and the holiness that he brings to us. She goes, it was blowing my mind, Dad. And I said, guess what? Chapter 2 gets even better. She goes, no way. I said, oh, I'm serious. <laughs> so guess what she did? She read through First Peter, all that book, as an 8-year-old, five chapters in five days. She read through a book of the Bible. She says, now what do I do? I said, I'm going to print something out for you. So I printed out this, this uh, sheet of paper, front and back, that has every book of the Bible and every chapter represented as a checkbox. And I said, all right, let's look at this. I said, how many do Psalms have? She's like, whoa, 150 chapters? I said, yeah, it's a little bit bigger than First Peter, right? She's like, yeah. She says, I don't know, that, that, that's a big one. I said, well, we don't need to work there just yet. I said, let's find another one. She, I said, what about another five chapters? She said, what about James? Is that what's going on? I said, oh, baby girl. Oh, you're going to love James. She goes, really? I said, yeah. She got so much into this. Now, she started looking at how many books she could cross off one day she got home. She said, Dad, she said, do you know that Obadiah, 2 John, 3 John, Jude, Philemon, they're all one chapter? I read them all today. I said, oh, great, okay. She read like five books of the Bible. Now, I would say this. Like, now, you, you say, is, is that a big deal? Hey, that's better than maybe some of us do every day, right? And does she understand everything yet? No. But she understands the main thing. Speaking about Jesus and holiness, and it was blowing her mind. Guess what? That's where it starts, folks. And you know what? The more that you read, the more progress that you made. This is a big book. It's intimidating. There's crazy stuff that you, you sometimes you see. And, and I'll be honest, uh, on Friday or Saturday morning, got her family together and said, hey, let me uh, read you guys the psalm that I was reading this morning. I'm reading it, and something hits me that I hadn't seen before. And I thought, why have I not seen that? That's so plain and obvious. The more that you study it, the more that you see. And you're, you're finding yourself making progress. And so now, I used to always want to go back to James and read because that was safe. And I love James, but I also, I've, I've grown to love First Chronicles. I've grown to love Leviticus. 
I've grown to love Revelation, right? It's sometimes scary, right? I, but all this, I, I've grown to love it. Why? Because practice, it says you're going to make progress. And then verse 16 it says, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your... What does it say? Okay, God, so you mean to tell me, more I apply myself to spiritual disciplines, not only will I help my own soul, but I could possibly help somebody else's? Wow. All right, let's go back to the, the gym analogy for a second. Um, have you ever seen somebody you hadn't seen in a long time and they have lost a significant amount of weight and you don't know what to say? By the way, if you don't know what to say, just don't say anything at all, right? Okay. But sometimes people say, man, what have you done? Man, you have dropped the weight. You look good. Sometimes it's a little excessive, like, I mean, I'll give, you know, I've never seen you look this good. Didn't ask for all that. Thank you very much. Right, okay, but what, what did you do to do this? And typically somebody would say, well, I'm on this diet plan, or I've been going to the gym, or I just walk one mile a day. And, and what's the opportunity when you share that with somebody? They may go, well, I could walk one mile a day. If I could look like you walking one mile a day, hey, I'm in, right? And what your health encourages somebody else to get healthy. You following me? So now let's get spiritual disciplines. You start reading, you start praying, you start fasting, you start giving, and now you're not only helping yourself, you're helping about other people. Go, man, what's different than you? Last time I saw you, you were messed up. You weren't following the Lord. You were in so much trouble. And now I, I see a glow about you. I see a positivity about you. You're doing good stuff. Like what's happened to you when you say, well, this is what's happened to me. I, I, I've been following the Lord, and guess what? That might actually translate to them. If you think about verse 16, he's really saying, look, your spiritual habits will not only impact you, but also influence those who are around you. And this is what's so beautiful about it, that the more that you do these, what I like to call spiritual, we can call them disciplines, but I love the word habits, because the more that you do it, the more consistent they become, will not only impact you, but also influence those around you. They influence those around you. Turn the back side of the page, and let's talk about the path for spiritual disciplines, because you might say, well, where do I start? Um, if you aren't satisfied with your current commitment to spiritual disciplines, then I would encourage you something real simple about it. Do something about it. If you don't like where you are? Well, fix it. Change it. Do something different than what you have been doing, and guess what? If you continue to do what you have been doing, you're probably going to get the same results. So change it up. Stop bemoaning, should have done this years ago. Wish I understood. I get it. It is what it is now. Instead, you hadn't eaten a meal in a while, sit down at the table. Get down there and start eating a, a meal, finding yourself and doing something about it. Um, don't lose interest in spiritual habits because they don't always provide immediate results. Once again, we live in a microwave world, right? says so just press this button and whew, there you are. You're, you're just completely a, a, a disciple now. It's not always the way this works out. In actuality, what takes place is um, spiritual disciplines, it's like going to the gym. That Sometimes you go there and you're not seeing a whole lot of progress day to day. But through the years, is there a difference? Oh, yeah, there's a difference. Absolutely, there is. Over time, you see a significant change in your life. Don't allow guilt of previous neglect keep you from making current progress. So even if you have neglected in the past, don't let that guilt hinder you from right now. You have not let God down. You know why I know that? Because you were never holding him up in the first place. So if you have missed all the years of your life by not doing this, God's okay. He's not frustrated. He's not mad. He's just saying, so would you like to know me better now? Open up the book. Pray to me. 
Talk with me. Work these things out. So don't allow the guilt of any previous neglect keep you from making current progress. Train your soul habits now and reap the benefits later. To do this, there will be a difference in your life that you will see gradually so. But you train it now, you reap the benefits later. I told you about that opportunity that I had, right, and, and feeling overwhelmed in Japan because I was not prepared to uh, share the faith and I was wishing that my friend over here did. There's an old, um, it's not a Bible proverb, but it's an, it's an old proverb that says it this way. Do you know when the best time to plant a tree is? 20 years ago. Right? You know when the second best day to plant a tree is? Right now. Right now. So you look out in your backyard and you go, I should have planted that tree 20 years ago. I get it, so should I. But you know what the reality is? It's better to plant it now and in 20 years you'll see it take forth. Right? So you start now. I, I, I get it. We, we all, so so there, there I was uh, in Japan. Should I have started memorizing scripture years before that time? Yeah, I didn't. So what do I do? I pray for the Spirit to guide me and help me through that opportunity. And then something took place in my life that I decided was gonna, I was going to change because of it. I was in a gas station in Tokyo, and I saw a group of cards that looked like this. Okay, It was hanging, it was hanging on the, um, one of the, the merchant walls there. Um, and it was, since we were near a university... These cards were used for these Japanese students to learn vocabulary. So they would put a Japanese word on one side and the English word on the other side as flashcards so they, they could learn the language and prepare themselves for what they wanted to do. I saw that, and I saw an answer to my frustration of why I hadn't memorized Scripture. So I picked up a bunch of these flashcards, and I started writing verses of Scripture on one side, and I put the references on the other side. And every day when I'd get on the train and I couldn't talk with anybody because I didn't know Japanese, I would just start going, all right. And I started memorizing scripture, stuff that I should have memorized a long time ago, and I hadn't done it. And I was shocked that in the next two weeks, and I'm, I'm telling you this to try to give you hope here, and not, in the next two weeks I'd have memorized over 100 verses of scripture. Now, a lot of these verses of scripture I kind of knew, right? I kind of knew that somewhere in Ephesians it says, for by grace you've been saved through something, right? Okay, so it helped solidify some stuff that I knew. But I, I started becoming, like, just driven. Like, look at all this. And, and the, what happened was I started memorizing the Scripture. And guess what? All these opportunities to talk to people, it's almost as if God had planned that this person would need to know this verse of Scripture, and I had it ready. And in that time, I started memorizing so many verses of Scripture that it, it caught a bug inside of me that I, I, can't, I can't really explain to you that I, that was the discipline that changed my life more than any of the others. Fast forward to actually, guess what, 20 years later, okay, 20 years from that trip, I'm sitting in my front yard one day doing some work on a, uh, yard work on a Saturday, and I got the weed eater out, and I feel somebody behind me, and I turn around, and I almost take this guy's head off, okay, guess who it is, it's a missionary, Jehovah's Witness missionary, he wants to sit down and talk to me about their faith, and I said, oh, please sit down, let me get you a chair. Would you like some water? I'd love to talk to you about my, my faith. You want to talk to me about yours? That's great. And you know what happened? He started saying things to me that I hadn't prepared for, but guess what? I've been preparing for. The seed that had been planted 20 years ago had actually grown up. And so I was like, oh, I know that verse. Let me tell you this verse. And just, it was, it was happening. And I hadn't even realized it, that that example that I'd seen in somebody 20 years before that inspired me to live differently I planted that seed, and now I was ex experiencing the fruit of that. You following me? So, so right now you may say, well, I, I should have done this by now. I know, but that's a waste of time right now. The, the important thing is, what are you going to do today? What, what could you start doing to be able to make sure that you understand your faith? 
If you're saying, okay, I'm going to believe this scripture, and it's different than this or this or this, like, I know what I believe. Am I at a place where I can do that? So let me give you this list of spiritual disciplines before we wrap up, because there, there's a lot of different ways you can look at this, but here's some of the major ones, okay? And you got the list there. Uh, Bible meditation is studying the truths of scripture. When I say meditation, does that sound weird to anybody here, okay? Uh, somewhat, typically when we think of meditation, what do you think of? Some guy crossing their, you know, arm, you know legs going, um, right, okay, like you're, you're thinking deeply. The Bible uses the word meditation, okay, when you talk about Scripture. And, and, and why is this? Because it's one thing to do this. If we're still in 1 Timothy 6, 16, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so you'll save both yourself and your hearers. All right, Lord. That's Bible reading. It's called speed reading, and you probably won't remember it. Meditation is this. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. All right, Lord, so if I persist in what I've learned and on the teaching, if I continue on in this, I'm keeping a close watch on it, not only am I going to save myself, but God, my example could actually impact somebody else. That's why it's so important for me right now. You, you see what happened? You're not just rushing past it. You're meditating on it. You're thinking about it. And so for you, it's, it's to say, all right, I'm going to start reading Scripture. Can, can I tell you this? you've never read this book, can I ask you to do me a favor? Don't start in Genesis and try to work your way all the way through. Some of the most difficult places in the Bible are in the first couple of hundred pages. Okay? Are they important for your life? Yup. After you get a couple laps around the pool in the kiddie pool, okay, some of the other areas, okay? To get some reps under your belt in some of the areas like the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, or some books like James or Philippians, or some Psalms or Proverbs. You want, I'm starting to develop some muscles now. I think I can pump through numbers, right? Or Deuteronomy, like I think I'm at the place, yeah. But I would say, be careful here. So, so can I tell you what I'd encourage you to do? Instead of picking a Bible reading plan that allows you to get a flat line really quick, take one book of the Bible that you want to read and work your way through it. And get to the end of that book and guess what you can do? Read another one, and then read another one. Take it in bite-sized pieces so you can actually get it done. So here's what I'll, I'll just do. Let me tell you, the last few months have been some of the most beneficial time in my personal Bible reading, and I've been reading the Bible for 30-something years on my own. Um, I, I, this is what I do. on uh, Before the week begins, I know what I'm going to read Sunday through Saturday before I start. Okay. So for the last few months, I've been reading about three chapters a day, and I've been going through some Old Testament books that I hadn't gone through in a long time. Okay? So I would say, all right, I'm, I'm going to go through this book. And I, I went through Joshua. Joshua's got 24 chapters in it, which means if I go three chapters a, a day, I can read that in about eight days, right? So I know Sunday, Joshua 1 through 3. Monday, Joshua 4 through 6. I kind of set up a, a regimen for me, and it's been helpful. You know why? Because it's not, I have a plan. I know where I'm going. Now, that doesn't need to be your regimen, but you'd say, so what is the next goal? I would encourage you to find somebody that's in the same place of life and say, all right, this coming week, we're going to read through 1 Timothy or whatever it is and start slowly working your way through it. Bible memorization is another discipline, committing God's word to memory. Psalm 119, verse 11 says, um, I hide your word in my heart that I may not, what? Sin against you. Anybody would like to stop sinning here? Anybody? I would. I would like to not sin as much. And what does Scripture say? Well, memorize some verses, Trav. That's what you can do. Now, does memorize verses mean you'll never sin again? No. But it sure means that when it's in the dark and I got an enemy coming at me, at least I got a sword in my hand. Right? I got something to go with. And so memorizing Scripture, I would encourage you to do this. 
What are the key areas in your life you're struggling with right now? And I'd find three verses per area and memorize those. Okay? So if, if greed is your issue, I'd go and say, all right, what are some Bible verses on greed? And I'd memorize them. Uh, if anxiety is your issue, I'd find some verses on anxiety. I'd memorize them so that when they rush in unannounced, unasked for permission, right, you have something to go against with that uh, to it. Uh, prayer is talking to the most important being about the most important things. Praying, finding an opportunity. More than just, God, I'm in trouble, can you get me out, right? But I'm actually praying about specific things of how I, I can do. Um, I encourage anybody that if you can pray God's word, you're reading something you've been meditating on, and now you pray, what do I want to do about that? Maybe you actually pray different things different days. Maybe on Mondays you pray for your family. Tuesdays you pray for people that you work with. Wednesdays you pray for people that you know at the church. Whatever it is, just keeping it you know, just fresh, not doing the same thing every day. Uh, worship is expressing adoration to God for who he is and what he has done. You say, we do that on Sunday, right? Yep, but that's not the only day you can do it. Uh, some of the best worship I have is in the car, and i got to pull over sometimes. You ever had those moments? You just, you're, you're just singing to the Lord, or you're praying, and you just feel like, man, I, I, I need to do, I, I have to sort of slow myself down and just be able to sing the Lord or at least express my adoration towards Him. This is a discipline. Fasting, as we, I've already ruined everybody's day today on this. Uh, premeditated abstaining from essential nourishment for spiritual purposes. Saying, I'm not going to listen to my body all the time. I'm going to pursue things. Once again this week, it's an easy application, even though when there's not good smelling food in our nostrils at the moment, right? Uh, stewardship, giving of your financial resources for the benefit of others. Is that a discipline? You better believe it is, because I don't want to do it. It's not natural to me. But is it good for me to give of myself so that other people can benefit? Absolutely it is. Evangelism, sharing the gospel of Jesus to others. Is that a discipline? It's not something I naturally go to. And it's something that I get better at the more that I do it. You realize that? The more that you share Christ with someone else, you have that opportunity to do. Service. Using your spiritual gifts to minister to others. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if the Holy Spirit lives within you, you know what I believe you have? Spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. You go, I don't know what they are. Well, you need to figure them out. Go, go through the scripture and figure out what it is. Because you know what? If you can start living and operating in that, God's going to use you in a mighty way. Your gifts are needed for the body of Christ. You benefit other people when you're using your gifts. Next is what I call silence and solitude. Seeking the quiet to calm your soul and focus your thoughts. Um, how many of y'all know that sometimes it's very difficult to be quiet, right? We live in a world of distraction all the time. Sometimes just being outside, being in the quiet, not having some device right there in front of your face all the time, blinking and telling you that you need attention, right? But to be quiet before the Lord, it's so important. Uh, journaling is, is something that a lot of people would say is a spiritual discipline, and that's archiving the work of God in your life, writing down what God has done, keeping tabs on it, remembering how God has been faithful to you. We see that through the pages of Scripture and also through evidences of all types of heroes of the faith. And then learning, seeking to understand truth so you can share it with others. Maybe you're at a place in your life where you're going, there's certain concepts that I don't know and I need to do a little bit deeper study so that I'll know this but also I could share this with somebody else. Now let me, before you, we turn this over, you see that list right there? If you were to look at it, I want you to think for a moment, what is the discipline that's the easiest for you or that has been the easiest for you in your life? Okay, just look through it for a second. What would be the thing that probably says, you know what, out of all the stuff here, I, I could probably do this or I, I, I tend to do this a little bit easier than others, okay? Um, 
You got, you got that top one in your mind? If you do, say, oh, yeah. Okay, no, not yet. You're still looking? All right. Or do you have the, what do you think of the top? How many of you would it be scripture, meditation, uh, prayer, or worship? Raise your hand. Okay, if that would be your top one. Okay. How many of you would say your last one would probably be fasting? Okay, or so I got to be honest. Okay, that would be a difficult one. So what I'm saying is, if you look at all of these, can that be a little overwhelming for somebody who's never done any of them? Yeah. If you go to the gym and you try to use every single machine, how are you going to feel tomorrow? You ain't walking. <laughs> you know, they're going to drag you out of bed, right? Don't try too much at one time. Start somewhere, though. Do something. And you know what? Over time, you're going to start finding yourself doing more. If you haven't been reading Scripture consistently, you might not need to worry about fasting right now. One day you do. Right now, I want to encourage you, start somewhere. Start in prayer. Start in God's Word. Start memorizing certain areas in your life that you know are a struggle. And see what God can do over time as you develop those muscles. Let's pray. Father, I would ask that tonight as we open up your Word and to think through about what these spiritual disciplines are for our life, they are good, noble activities in our life so that we can follow you closer to know you more and to develop the muscles that you have given us. And so, God, I pray for every single person here. Lord, that you would point us and direct us to certain areas in our life where we need to grow in our faith. You've given us the muscles. You've given us the resources. But help us go to the gym with you to do the work so that we can grow in Christ's likeness. It's in the name of Jesus we pray and all God's people said, amen. Thanks for joining us at the Equip Podcast. Make sure you get your notes and all of the downloads that you need to continue to be equipped for the work of the ministry. You can get all the resources for this episode or other Equip episodes at rockycreek.church.